Welcome to Real Talks, The Realtor Life. This is where we talk to real agents about their story and their journey in real estate. We'll discuss their beginnings, their struggles, and their ultimate successes. We peel back the layers and deliver a behind-the-scenes conversation that you, the listener, can find inspiration. My name is Nick Niaxi, and my intention is to share the authentic realtor life. Hey everybody, this is Nick Niaxi with Real Talks. This is episode 16, and I am in LA, and I'm here with a legendary agent, James Harris. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for taking time on your busy day and your busy schedule to be here with us. So right now we're at the agency right now in Beverly Hills. Um, I'm with James, and James, this podcast is about, you know, talking about, you know, not necessarily like how successful you are, because, you know, you're you're quite public now, (laughs) being on the million dollar list and all that. So a lot of people know about you, but they don't necessarily know about where you started. So that's what we want to talk about. You know, this is what you have right now, something you manifested and created with hard work and strategy and decisions that you made. But, you know, what, why did you become a realtor? It's a very good question. How long do you have? (laughs) As Um, long as you want. You know, so I grew up in London, England. Right. um, And my story is definitely not going to be a normal story, not one that people are used to hearing. Um, I grew up in a single household. My mother raised me. Um, My mother is still today a very successful interior designer. And my mum used to buy and sell apartments as I was growing up, and she would do them up and then sell them. And so we moved about 10 times Mm -hmm. from the age of let's just say five to 15. And so I always kind of had a passion for design. Um, But through school, I just did not like it. I wasn't a grade A school student Mm -hmm. by any means. Uh, In fact, a fun fact was I was expelled from eight schools. No way. Eight. Wow. Uh, For doing what? I, God, I don't even know for doing what. And as my mother said, I was actually asked to leave, which means that she would pull me out of the school mm-hmm. before they officially expelled me. Uh, it's not a proud achievement, but it is one that I like to talk about because there's a lot of people out there that do struggle uh, with school or mm-hmm. being academic and that was me. And so a lot of those people think, what am I going to do next in life? And that's what I thought. But I always had a passion for real estate. And I always had a passion for the idea of getting out and going to work. Mm -hmm. And so whilst all my friends were at school and doing great, I was the kid who really wasn't doing great. And I always had great social skills. So I always had friends, but I was never doing well at school. So At the first time I was able to leave school, which was age 16, I immediately jumped into working. Right. I worked in delicatessens, I did paper runs, I did whatever it took to make money back then. But I always had this passion for real estate. And so back at the age of 16, all my friends are now finishing school and starting college and then going on to university. And I'm wondering how I'm going to get into the real estate industry. Right. Yeah. And so what I did was, was I found a directory, which was called the Estates Gazette. It was a real estate directory in London at the time. And in the back of the Estates Gazette, it had all of the real estate companies throughout London listed. Okay. And so what I did was I highlighted my top 10 that I wanted to potentially work at. Right. 
I had no resume, so I actually took my mother and her friend to a payphone in London. I had one suit jacket and a dress shirt, and I put that suit jacket and dress shirt on. I had sweatpants on my lower half, and I told my mum and her friend to just take a photo of me in the payphone box. Right, okay. That became my resume. And I then went to each of these 10 companies that I took an interest in, that I had highlighted in the back of this directory. And the first company I walked into, which was called Dutch and Dutch in Northwest London, mm-hmm. I walked in and I said, oh, hi, I'm James Harris. I'd like to speak with the owner of the company. And the gentleman looked at me and he said, well, that's me. And he interviewed me on the spot. And to cut a long story short, he realized that I had this passion and drive and I was willing mm-hmm. to do whatever it took to just get my foot in the door. He hired me on the spot. Wow. And for the next six months, I put mail through the mail machine. I made coffees. I used to do customer service phone calls. I used to set up houses, shut houses down. And to cut a very long story short, that is where my real estate career started. And I continued on in that company for five years and became the number one salesperson no in the kidding. company before I set out and moved to Los Angeles. Right. And that's where it all began. And that's a big change. Mm-hmm. So what brought you to LA? And that's another great question. Um, so LA is a city that I had always loved and been kind of infatuated by. Uh, my father lived in LA at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and in London, when you finish school, before you go to university, you go on what they call a gap year. Yeah. Where you go backpacking or you travel. But because I never had a gap year, I started work at such a young age. Mm-hmm. I saw this as my opportunity to travel. And my plan was to come here for three months. And I'll never forget sitting down with the bosses of this company and saying, guys, I want to travel for three months and I'll be back. And they turned around and said, we get it. We're going to pay you for three months. Wow. Just promise us you'll be back. Right. And I came to L.A. and here's this beautiful city and sunshine and a different landscape, one that I haven't been used to Mm -hmm. seeing. It rains a lot in London. Yeah. And I landed and this was actually during the recession. But in my first week, I met a guy who owned a commodities company, and he offered me a job. Oh, wow. And what was meant to be three months of fun turned into one week of fun. And before I knew it, I was working in this commodities office, trading gold and silver and platinum and palladium, and I just fell in love. And I stayed And again, this was during the recession. People weren't making money. Everyone was kind of down. No one was really excited about work. And here I was, 21 years old, living in LA, trading commodities, living my best life. (laughs) And I never went back to London. Um, Fell in love with LA. And as soon as the economy kind of started bouncing back on its feet, Mm -hmm. fast forward four or five years is when I started thinking about setting up my real estate business with David. So you came here in 2008, 2009? Exactly. And then, and then you weren't even in the real estate game until 11, 12? Exactly. Wow. Yeah, so wow. I started my business eight years ago with David. No kidding. David moved out to LA. We traded commodities together. 
Um, David came from a commercial real estate background, mm -hmm. so when the economy went belly up, so did that commercial business. They were buying up shopping centers in Europe. Right. It made sense for Dave to come out here, and as soon as we saw the economy bouncing back on its feet was when we looked at each other and said, we have to set up our real estate business in L.A. Right. But it was a crazy time in my life because my wife was seven months pregnant with our second daughter. Oh, no kidding. And so here you have a guy, which was me and David. We were doing very well in the commodities business, but I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't right. my passion. Real estate was. So I came home one day and looked at my wife and said, hey, I'm quitting my job and David and I are going to set up our real estate business. She looked at me like I had lost my mind. She was pregnant. She was seven months pregnant. <laughs> we were two months from having our second daughter. We earned it must have been living. quite the conversation. We bought our first house. Wow. And I just said to her, I have a passion. I have a dream. And David and I have to do this. And she just trusted us. She knew that giving up wasn't an option for me. Right. It never had been. And that is when David and I went out and set up our real estate business. And, and, and you chose a brokerage? So, again, we did it all backwards. Okay, okay. So, Dave and I knew that we wanted to literally hit it out the park and go after the high end. Right. And we'll come back to that because I'm a big believer in shooting for your targets and, and never selling yourself for anything less. But mm -hmm. when we set up our business, the first thing we did was we went to a branding company and a website design company. Mm -hmm. We set up our brand and we had a little bit of money saved and we went out and designed this unbelievable website. Okay. And we spent tons of time on this website whilst we were still doing commodities. And once this website was built... It was amazing. We could rival any brokerage in town with how beautiful we made this website right. look because we wanted to target the high end. But then David and I looked at each other and we said, shit, we don't have a single property on our website right. because we have no <laughs> listings. We have no clients. We have no listings. We're just left with this incredible website. Right. And that was when we realized that if we were going to stand any shot at going after the high end, our adventure to being creative would have to begin right here mm -hmm. and we would have to think outside of the box and be creative and David and I used to look up all of these successful agents not just in Los Angeles but around America that we aspired to be like, right we never wanted to copy anybody but what we would do is shortlist the agents that right. we respected yep we would take all the notes down on the things that we could research that made them successful yep and then we figured out what could we do differently to become successful. Right. And people always ask me, how did you do it? How did you do it? This is a very simple business that people like to complicate. Keep it simple, stupid. But always look at who you want to be successful like. But stay true to who you are and go out and be successful in your own way. But be unique so that you're not like everybody else. Do you think people complicate this business because of their own fears. They, they Absolutely. Fear is one of the biggest things that come in any industry that, uh, any industry that's backed by sales mm -hmm. creates fear. Because typically in any sales industry, you're writing your own paychecks. Mm -hmm. There are no salaries involved. And when you're in a position like that, people have fear. Fear stands to me for false evidence appearing real. And 
that's where people go wrong. You have to eliminate fear and you have to remind yourself that the opposite of fear is faith. Right. And if you can take that fear and turn it into faith, then nothing can get in the way of you. And for David and I, that meant door knocking hundreds and hundreds and thousands of doors until we got a good response. That meant right. sitting open houses. That meant going out and doing whatever it took to become successful. And back then, there were two things that stood out for our company. The first was, how were we going to get real estate onto our website? And we came up with this creative, quirky idea. There's an agent called Santiago Arana who's yeah. been in the business 20 years. He's very successful. He's also one of my dearest friends today. We went to Santiago and we said, Santi, we're going to cut you a deal. He said, what? This was at a, another brokerage eight years ago. I said, I want to take every single property you have ever sold in 15 years and I want to pull all of that information and put it on my website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked at me like I was mad. He said, what do I get? I said, any deal I do in the Sunset Strip, Hollywood Hills West, you're going to get a third of our commission. Amazing. And he looked at me and said, what else do I have to do? And I said, nothing. You need to put us in touch with your internet website company. We want to pull all of that data because we need to look as if we've had a track record and we're working with something that is bigger than just us. Right. So that we can go out and get business. And so we made that happen. Right. And overnight... Our tactic and pitch became different. Our shoulders went back. We had confidence. We had a track record. And nothing was going to stop us. And I mean, David and I, at this point, we door-knocked Leonardo DiCaprio's house. We door-knocked Dr. Dre. We door-knocked every house in Beverly Hills and Bel Air to the Hollywood Hills. We didn't care whose door it was, how much the house was, how many gates it took to get to the front door. We went for it. And because of that, one of the very first deals that we did was in Bel Air, we door knocked a home that we had been tipped off that potentially they might be selling. Right. We rock, yeah. paper, scissored it for who was going to door knock. We ended up doing it together and we rang the bell. It was in a cul-de-sac of Bel Air on a 30,000 square foot lot, only a 2,700 square foot one bedroom house. This little lady comes up to the driveway and tells us that the bosses aren't interested in selling. We pleaded with her to take a business card to cut a long story short, three days later, we got a phone call and our client bought this house sight unseen for six and a half million dollars. Wow. And in three months from now, that house will be on the market with David and I for 45 million dollars. No kidding. And that to me just shows me that if you throw enough mud at the wall, something's, something's going to stick. And if you remove fear from your vocabulary and don't worry about whether you're door knocking a million or a $10 million door, something great is going to come from you, you. But you also had two other things. You use leverage. Correct. You use somebody with who's probably invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in their brand, if not millions. Correct. Right? Leverage them. And with the mindset is a, a portion of a paycheck is better than nothing. That's absolutely right. Correct. And you elevated your career there. And you also had your business partner, who was your accountability partner, correct. who forced you to do these things and, and, and kept the fear out of your vocabulary. That's right. right. And I look at it as in any business, you have to spend money to make money. And so yeah. the way that we looked at it back then was let Santiago take a third. He's giving us all of his hard work that he's done for so many years. And this is an untraditional, conventional way of doing things, but that's what you have to do to become successful in such a competitive industry. Second to that, back then, 
which is eight years ago, is when developers started buying up dirt in LA. Mm-hmm. And we realized very early on in this madness that developers will work with whoever brings them the, the deal. deal. Right? And we didn't have any clients back then, not one. But we knew if we had the deals, we had the clients. The clients didn't know we had the clients, but we knew we had the clients. So we went out finding the deals. The second we had the deals, we would phone and somehow get to these developers, whether we walked on their job sites, found their telephone numbers, found their emails. We would make a compelling enough story to them that they would have to listen to us. And that is really how we founded our business eight years ago. And now these developers are executing on their properties and they're listing them back with you. And not only that, and this is not to sort of show off, but today we've got over $1.5 billion in signed listings of projects that are currently in the ground to be completed in the next two years. And the vast majority of those, if not all of them actually, are projects that we sold the land on anywhere from seven years ago to five to as close to several months ago. And then, and then so you have all this going on now. And how did the TV aspect get into your business? So that's crazy. And, and it has it actually did it did it did it help your business right away or not? Not right away. I think with anything in sales, it's about consistency. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you pop up on a TV show and overnight you become successful. Maybe right. people think it does, but that's definitely not right. the way it works. Like anything, you have to remain consistent. We've been doing this show now for six years. Yeah. Um, but the show came about after our first year in business. You know, we were grinding this developer market and we did very well in our first year. We closed 160 million in volume and we got a phone call one day. I was driving home from work. I honestly thought it was a prank call. Mm -hmm. It was a casting director casting for this show called Million Dollar Listing that I'd never actually heard of. Um, And I thought it was someone playing around. They said, we've heard of you and we'd like to get on a Skype call and interview you because we're casting. So I immediately called David and told him about it. And I said, look, I think we're being pranked, but let's go for it. And the next day we're on a Skype call. We think it's a big joke and David's flexing his muscles in the camera and I'm joking around and we're arguing and messing around. The next thing we know, they're casting around 500 agents. It turns out that we got down to the last 100, the last 50, the last 10. And then they sent out a full film crew with the last 10 for a day, full day. And long story short, we ended up getting it. And uh, it's been a crazy journey. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah, so you were, you were kicked out of school eight times to a million dollar listing LA it is, and selling hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate here's the, by accident on holiday. By on accident. Ho- nothing is by accident because I believe that everything happens for, for a reason. reason. Yeah. And you said it earlier, accountability. I'm a big believer in accountability. I'm a big believer in if you keep your side of the street clean and if you run your life in a way that you want to be received, it comes back. And this business can become very cutthroat. There's very large mm-hmm. commissions. People are screwing people over. David and I have always believed in run an ethical, transparent business, and it will come back. And I think this is a perfect testimony to it does come back, and hard work pays off. And I do believe that if you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to work harder than all of the competition out there, and you're willing to go that extra mile to become successful, you will become successful. So the That's TV the TV show basically took what you guys were doing authentically 
and magnified it a thousand times for everybody to see. Absolutely. And today we're able to show our business through a lens of through a camera lens and let the world see the way we do things. And I feel like we've stayed very true to ourselves on the show as well because we'd rather be authentic to who we are than than trying to be somebody else that we're not. It's that simple. So what's next in your business? Where, where do you want to go with this? I mean, where do we go next is we just stay focused. And you still work business. hard. You're, you're, you're showing up every day. You're, are you, you're open? I'm in right? this office every single morning at 9 a.m. provided I don't have another meeting to go to before. I'm awake every single morning at 6 a.m. I make sure that I stay very structured and routined. I am working six days a week. One thing I need to learn is having a healthier balance because I do have a family now Mm -hmm. um, and this work job can become very 24-7 if you let it. So one of the things I need to work on is balance. Um, But for what's next is staying in my lane, staying focused, continuing to grow and obviously starting to buy real estate, take equity and deals and try and grow. So you're becoming the investor now in some of your deals? In some of our deals, yes. Yeah. That's good for you. Good for you. I mean, look, here's the best thing about my business. I love what I do. And to anybody listening to this, if you don't love what you do, get out of this business. Right. Because I can tell you eight years ago, I was making a very good living and I wasn't happy. Right. And my wife was seven months pregnant and anyone looking from the outside in probably thought I was insane quitting my job and starting in a real estate market that was just getting back on its feet. Right. But... I don't want to be miserable when I wake up every morning and go to work because money isn't what makes you happy. What you do, what you surround yourself with, who you surround yourself with is what makes you happy. I get up, I go to work, I'm happy, I love what I do, I love people, I make money whilst I do it. That's what you should be doing if you want to become successful. And are you, are you, you're passionate about saying that right now. Do you see a lot of people entering the business because of the million dollar listing effect where you, they see the lifestyle and they see this what's portrayed on the show saying that they can do it and, and, and then they enter it and they have no idea what they're doing. Potentially, yes. I have a lot of people say to me, I'm doing this right now, but I'm thinking about this and I want to get into real estate and I shut it down immediately. You are either in this business 110% right. or don't bother getting in it at all because one of the biggest problems for the real estate industry is the barrier for entry. Yes. It is such a low barrier for entry, which means that any Tom, Dick, or Harry can get into this business with zero qualifications, but they just go and do a few exams. Mm -hmm. They then think they can come in this business and become successful. Now, if you have the right drive to succeed and passion, you probably will become successful. But if you're going to do this half-assed, like anything you do in your life half-assed, it's not going to work out for you. So you need to be fully committed from day one. You have to believe in yourself. You have to have accountability department or, or accountability partner, and then a little bit to excel your your business Correct. from the beginning is leverage. Correct. Get, get in a good brokerage. Get yep. good mentors around you. Yep. And people will help you grow. I believe this. Okay. Success breeds success. Okay, there is such a thing in the world called a healthy competition. So many people in today's society look at other successful people and then they hate on them. They become jealous, they become resentful. I've never run my life that way. I've always looked at it as success breeds success. If I can find those successful people and be happy for them and look at what they're doing to become successful, then I can take what they're doing, turn it into my own spin on it, and I can become equally as successful, but if not more successful. 
And so I surround myself by successful people. And I'm not just talking about financially successful. I love people that have a good head on their shoulders, that are happy, that are smiling, that run their life with good morals and practices. And if you hang around those types of people and you aspire to be like one of those, as long as you stay focused and have accountability and stick with those winners, you will become a winner with them. And how... and. Before we end the podcast here, how do you define success? Success can be anything from happiness, financial success. It can be the willing to learn and grow. I mean, people today want to become successful overnight. That's not something that happens. What's success to you, though? Success to me is happiness. Happiness to me is running a great business, but more importantly, having a happy family as they say, a happy wife is a happy life. <laughs> but joking aside, as long as I can keep my side of the street clean, give back is extremely important. Wherever you can, you give back and you shall receive. But don't do it to receive. Do it because it's the right thing to do. Right. And stay humble because the moment you lose humility, in my opinion, you lose everything. And you are very humble and approachable. It's... It's, it is it's really refreshing to see. I don't see why I wouldn't be. Because yeah. the truth is, I'm a real estate agent, just like anyone else listening. And I feel like show those respect and treat people the way you wish to be treated and it will come back. Right. And as we segue it out here, I, have, I ask one question to every single realtor I have on the show. You know, what advice would you give your younger self at day one when you're first starting your business? Be creative think outside of the box, go find, if you are this type of person, a team that is successful that you feel you can learn from. Don't be afraid to start at the bottom and work your way up. Find who you really and truly are to yourself. Don't copy the next person. Be unique, be different, and go get it. That's amazing advice. Thank you so much. Um, Wow. So, James... This has been a great experience. I know our listeners can, can catch you on social media. What's your social media tag on Instagram? James Bond ST. James Bond, Bond ST. ST. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you.